ready for brain stories? Get inspired and learn from thought leaders, CEOs, business owners, and managers who tell their brain stories, who share their valuable insights from their own experience. Welcome to Brainstalk. I'm your host, Bridget. For brand lovers, this show is to help you develop and grow your brand in a more strategic and sustainable way. Walk the talk. Let's get started and dive with me into the world of brains. My guest today is the president and CEO of Comtech. He has more than 30 years of experience in profitably growing IT telecommunications and engineering teams. He's dedicated to providing strategic vision and expert direction in all he does. Comtech is a nationally recognized Yes Technology integration firm servicing and supporting over 2,500 customers and specializing in the design, installation and servicing of voice, data and video infrastructures. Comtech is one of Inc. Magazine's fastest growing privately owned technology firms in the US. At Comtech, they believe the efficient exchange of information between employees, partners, and clients is the lifeline of any competitive organization. I warmly welcome Mike Vertoli. Welcome to Brent's Talk. Thank you, Bridget. Well done, too. You got it all. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, Mike, uh, thank you for being my guest today. Appreciate uh, you. Yeah, before we kick off our conversation and deep dive into what you're doing um, as a president of your company, could you tell us a little bit about your background and about your story that brought you right there where you are now? Well, 30 years, you said it. So it's actually a high school. Uh, vision for me. So I uh, started in entrepreneurship in 11th grade. So it was roughly 1990. And uh, I was a farmer, I actually grew up a mechanically inclined child, but uh, very ambitious. And uh, I lost a parent at a very young age and had to make uh, make it on my own. And I entered an interesting time in the US. So we were uh, entering uh, transformation, a digital transformation, probably the largest one in history where Microsoft was coming out, internet was just coming on board, um, cell phones. This was early, late 80s, early 90s. And uh, it created an opportunity that I saw and something I enjoyed doing. And uh, I went for it. My mom uh, was a former teacher and uh, she joined me in the vision and we started our own telecommunications firm. And the rest is history. Hmm. So I'm sure it was a really interesting time. Um, what is Comtech exactly? So what industry you are in? Can you go a little bit deeper into that? The original name was Comtech. It was communications and technology. Uh, that was the advent of the word. But we've, we've evolved in 30 years. We do a few different things now. So Comtech is the parent company. It's the parent name. So it's our branding. So, yeah, is there, is there a story behind? I'm sorry? Is there a story also behind the name? You know, I liked, I like branding, so I like the, the consistency. So as Comtech can be anything, um, so now we have Comtech Financial, we have Comtech Cloud Services, Comtech Unified Solutions. 
So the branding of Comtech is just really something that ties in just the history of the company and the vision of the company into different into different business models that we tackle. Um, but we were telecommunications and we still have telecommunications and IT arms and but the company's evolved. We do a lot of uh, other industry applications. We do public utility services like we optimize and procure energy, telecom, gas, electric. That's what our consulting arm does. Um, we deliver voice and data solutions to companies all over the world. That's with Comtech Cloud. Uh, we fund it. So for Com we're a bank now, so we have Comtech Financial. So we will infuse capital into our clients and help them procure goods and services. So we, we do a lot. Um, as the company keeps growing, we, we find different business ventures if it makes sense. Uh, we overlay you know, some of our best practices into growing the organizations. Mm. So you say, um, and I quote, we believe the efficient exchange of information between employees, partners, and clients is the lifeline of any competitive organization. And at Comtech, we strive for excellence. And when we fall short, we are only exceptional. And as a result, we maintain a 99% plus client retention rate over the last 15 years. So um, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Is this part of your vision, mission? And what are your underlying core brand values that go along and you live by? Sure. So it's interesting that that line has been something we have discussed and, and built the company around for 30 years. It's not even something, it's not recent. It's not, we've, I've always felt that one of the primary jobs of a consulting company like Comtech is to make sure that we understand how businesses survive, understand what tools are out there, and help put best practices between those tools and the clients so that they could better engage with their clients, their partners, their employees. And we, we find that a lot of organizations find success when they can leverage efficient technology. So we're that arm. So we've always said, let's stay at the forefront. Let's make sure we understand what technologies can do for people. And we're not selling anybody a product. We're offering them solutions. So we become just a valued, trusted partner. Um, mm -hmm. and when we do that, you know, we're, you're taking a lot of chances. And I think I've always done that my whole life. And I encourage my staff to do it, both personally and professionally. And it's in everything I do. We, I know you and I talk sports and we've, we've done it with, I do it with my family, I do it professionally. And we tell everybody, take chances, you know, go for your dreams and learn something from it. And we've done that as a company. Every time we do something, if we're successful, you know, we document it, we manage what we've done and, you know, we assess it. If we fail, we make sure we take something from it. It's in our, it's in our core values. It's called fail forward, you know, and we, we definitely, when we, don't we're not as successful as we should have been we we certainly look at it as an opportunity to learn and we appreciate those failures we encourage them you know so my staff we're always talking about taking a chance on something if you feel good about it take the chance if it doesn't work out figure out what was great you know and and learn something from it and i, I think that's what's probably been the core of our success is is in myself in life is probably being willing, very capable of taking chances and being very comfortable with the failures and happy from, from, from them. 
Mm. I love that uh, that quote because it's so timeless. It really goes with the time and it's still relevant, relevant more so than ever before. And um, if you have something that you can build on and uh, over a long-term perspective, and it, it, it really goes back to the, the brand core values, this is something very beautiful that makes a company really strong in a sustainable way. Um, so that what you're doing, so you design, you develop, produce, market innovative products and systems for this communications and, and, and build solutions for communications um, that you offer to commercial and governments, right? So who exactly is your ideal customer? Um, what kind of governmental organizations? Um, what kind of commercial organizations? Who is the client or the community that you're appealing to and servicing? I would say it's not based on a vertical, like government or healthcare, as much as it is on a need. So the clients that we service the best are clients that are in need. So companies that are growing companies that have a vision mm -hmm. that have a culture that you know we're not typical our typical client isn't somebody who just says we need three quotes and we're just making a quick decision um, they're typically not small businesses though we service a ton of small businesses and a lot of small businesses are underrated like they do have a vision and they do want to be somewhere and those type of clients that are very serious about their companies will engage us um, what I what I think we find that we're a powerhouse is that when organizations are growing, when they have applications, when they have needs, when they have a clear vision that they want to be somewhere, and they know that technology is very important to their growth, to their sustainability, they're coming to companies like us. So we we're a great integration partner. We're going to be able to pull together resources, applications, and technology that maybe they don't have that strength in house. Um, we kind of look at ourselves mm -hmm. as a part of our clients' staff. You know, we we understand our clients' needs, their business, their values, their drivers, and we're the ones that they'll lean on as a consultant. Um, so organizations that are growing or organizations that are somewhat disorganized, and that's happening a lot with a lot of mergers, acquisitions, consolidations. Um, that creates chaos, and where there's chaos, there's opportunity to help. So driving efficiencies through cost savings, both how companies engage with their employees and how they engage with their clients is huge. So we there's a return on investment with most bigger big businesses. They'll understand that if they engage with the right partner with the right solutions, it can have a traumatic impact on their bottom line. They're mm -hmm. the type of clients that will gravitate to a Comtech systems. So if I were a client and I had um, several providers like you to choose from, why should I go for you? What makes you so different in the market? A lot of things. I think when, when our reputation speaks for itself. So most of the time, clients will they'll, they'll call references. And most of the time, references will say, yeah, they're, they're okay. Our references are low. I mean, our references will say, can we be case studies? Our references will talk about how we've changed the trajectory of their organization. If there are clients that have worked with our staff, they'll, they'll say what you guys have is second to none. And I don't say that because they're my staff. This team is taught from an early age, from the minute they start here, about culture, values, um, and how impactful it is for us to have such a positive, you know, and, and reinforcing attitude to help our clients. And it... it 
it emanates every day from them. Um, so we become very important to our clients. And lastly, we're they're, they're super technical. This staff is, we don't have average employees. Like we are very elite, the team that comes on board here. So once we show people products and services, but we overlay it and what they can do with it, that's where you really start seeing the separation between technology providers, people who can sell the product versus somebody who can customize the solution. And we're, we're this customization. We can come in really, um, once we start talking and once they start seeing what can be done, um, we usually separate ourselves pretty quickly. Okay, it's also the chemistry that has to work and also the, the way of how you do things that connects you with your customer. Yeah. The way of uh, that, uh, how you kind of, let's say, immerse with your customer, really know what they need. Yeah. You get an understanding of how you can make them excel, uh, not only with the products, but also be proud of the company at the end of the day of how they have accomplished that, isn't it? Or Yeah, an attitude. You know, we have, we have a saying here, like for our clients, we do surveys. After everything we do, we want to know how clients feel. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, misunderstood, it's misrepresented and misunderstood in the industry. Like we want to know why they weren't, why it wasn't exceptional. Yeah. So why wasn't every single thing we did from sales to installation to support to billing and a lot of companies are looking for the validation that the client's not mad. Mm-hmm. And we're looking for the validation that there's nothing else in the world we could have done to make the experience better. And, you know, we, we, we grade everything from exceptional to good to average to poor. And what the clients don't know is anything short of absolute exceptional triggers a client success team to research here what we could have done different. That's every single survey that goes out the door. There's no exceptions to that. So as a culture, it teaches them to go for perfection. It teaches them that every single client, imagine them that if every client was treated as if it was your last client on earth, what would you do to to secure that client and make sure that they're always happy? That's the culture that we try and breed so that the, the whole staff knows that every single client is treated that way. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Wow. And uh, when it comes to your clients, where are they? Are they in, mainly in the U.S.? Are they in North America? What's your scope? Well, for originally, Comtech was a sales arm. So we used to support and sell to clients in the southern New Jersey region. So we acquired a couple thousand clients in the Philadelphia, South Jersey market. As the company grew from a service provider to also a product, Mm-hmm. Like Comtech Lab, we have our own solutions. Other companies around the country started selling our services. That created a distribution model. So now, not only do we sell to our clients, but there's literally hundreds of agents or sub uh, uh, resellers around the country that sell our services. So our clients could be anywhere. We have clients now throughout the world. So we might be delivering internet in Europe. I could be delivering a call center in India. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have companies that are expanding nationally. Um, and what we try and do is make their experience with us seamless. So we don't just offer one services. We offer a, you can come to us and, and order your internet, order your voice services, order all your telecommunications, get it on a single bill with a single client rep. It's very efficient. It's very cost effective to do it that way. Um, they don't have to go finding multiple vendors. We do all vendor management. 
we do all deployments. Um, we make it easy. So if a client just wants to grow their organization and doesn't want technology and costs to be a hindrance, a company like Comtech can be a great partner. Mm -hmm. um, so we're good to our partners and agents and we pay them commissions as they bring us into their client base. Mm -hmm. Okay, so since you have grown that big and that you're also um, now working with, let's say, call centers in India, do you sometimes encounter also these cultural differences in doing business in the way of how, you know, uh, create experiences and, and work with your business partners? And if so, how do you deal with them? I think U.S. is a big melting pot in general. Yeah. So <laughs> it starts you know, all, I, already within, right? So you're super already, already, you know, I think we're taught or at least, you know, we teach our staff to be very adaptive to different cultures. I mean, the hotel industry is very different than the medical industry and you have professional firms and we just, we see a lot of culture. And I think, um, but there's certain things that everybody wants, right? They want great service. Right. They want to know that you care, that you're engaging, that you follow through on what you're saying. Um, core values transcend to every culture mm -hmm. um, if they're the right core values. So, no, I can say it hasn't been really changed at all for us working with different countries. But we are if we do stuff in in, let's say, Australia or India and Singapore, a lot of it is U.S. based culture and communication good so you mentioned before that you love branding so what were your biggest challenges so what in many years when it comes to branding as to shape the brand in such a way that you can achieve your desired perception in the market also long term so really over a consistent time period and as you say i mean you have been 30 years on the market and also keeping the brand relevant in a fast moving and changing technological environment where we are living right now. So how do you keep your brand Comtech at the edge and top of mind in terms of branding? Yeah, I think branding is one of those things that has changed in 30 years, but you're, it comes down to the same basic functions. You have to survive time. So unless you want to completely redesign, and I see companies do that and they lose all of the motivate the, the momentum that they pushed forward so creating you know a naming convention that will survive time um, business models vision like the, i don't think those things should change um too much right so back in the 90s we talked about if you have an 800 number that might want to match your company name or looking at your competition making sure that they're not going to get you confused then it evolved into making sure i see a lot of companies start a company name and they don't look at their URLs to see if they can even have a website even associated with it. And all of a sudden they do and they find out they just created a brand and they're actually driving marketing to their competition because they didn't do enough research. Yeah. Right. So I think the biggest thing for me is we, we kind of look at what the finish looks like. Like what do we want to look like in five years and work backwards? We don't want to start with what it looks like today and work forwards. And I think that's how people get surprised. Mm -hmm. So Branding has now went from what companies are trying to drive outward um, to their clients, and it's more or less involving a bigger picture, right? You have, branding now is about attracting employees. I think I think branding is about talent, about culture, about um, attitude, 
and it's it's not even it's not something that you can pay for anymore. You can't put enough money towards changing it. If you you start it internally, employees have a lot more say in branding. But and it's hard to turn that ship. I think big companies are paying a price for not paying enough attention to what their clients have said and what how their employees were feeling. You know, they could pay for good public branding, but now branding is a little bit deeper. I think organizations that can put it out there and you have the masses conveying the same message as the executive team. Um, I think that creates a great culture. I think it creates a good company brand. I think you can attract people. I think you'll keep clients. I think people are more loyal to people who have consistent branding and consistent messaging that is pro-employee, pro-client. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. I think it is really about um, that you inspire your customers and your employees about your big why, why you are doing what you are doing and um, really immerse with your customer and understand their desires and wishes. And also um, your employees are those people that are your ambassadors that communicate the word out, that they they communicate who you are and what you want to achieve and why you're here and why you're serving the people and why you're doing what you are doing. So you really have to have this this focus on, on your customer, on your employers, and then at the end of the day, they have the vision and then go backwards, look backwards, kind of, let's say, reverse engineering back to the here and now. So where you want to go and then, you know, uh, how to get there, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, you have, Mike, do you have any advice for startups in terms of branding? So maybe a list of one, two, three, four, whatever, some key branding essentials to take away. For branding, yeah. yeah, I mean, so other other than the the vision that you have and the URL that is important that you really um, kind of own that. So what else is important? I think it's more like a business plan than necessarily branding. But I would say spend a lot of time upfront determining who you want to be, mm-hmm. and then work backwards. And when I say work backwards, no. If you're speaking to the biggest client you'll ever run across, what was your what's your vision? What are you going to connect with them on? Mm-hmm. Create a playbook. Like I think playbooks are super important for people that and it's it's misguided and, and under misunderstood. Like you can adjust a playbook. If but when people are not successful and they don't know why, or they are successful but they don't know how to duplicate it, I think a lot of that comes down to not taking the time to put a plan of action together. So I think when people are starting up a company, spend the time to create that playbook, multiple playbooks. How are you going to grow your company? What's your vision going to be? What's step one? What's step two? Um, develop your metrics. You know, I talk a lot uh, to other organizations about key performance measurements. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think for us, we determine that every single division, every single department, and we teach this from the top of the company down, that KPIs, key performance indicators, Two or three should govern your life. And that's how you'll know when you're on target. And if you teach that culturally as you're growing organizations from one person to two people to five people, you as a business owner can teach other people to be business owners, but they're micro business owners of their little division. 
but you'll teach them. And that's how you'll go from being a business owner to an entrepreneur that you'll stop at one point, you're going to stop working for the company and you're going to start working on the company. And the only way to ever achieve success is to work on the company. And in order to do that, you have to be a great leader and understand that these playbooks will give KPIs to the people who are going to work on the company, right? And at a high level, you're just helping guide people in your vision, but it has to be communicated. And to communicate it, you better know what it is. So I think, and people want to, people want that. They want to be inspired. They want to know that there's success. People don't want to come to work and feel like it's a job. They want to come to work and know that, that it's, it's a, a place that they can accomplish something. Um, so being able to motivate people through your vision is important. Um, you know, the company name, I think you can change. We've proved that I've been through in 30 years, we've evolved into multiple business models, but I can take the same people, the same processes, the same types of platforms, and we can keep evolving it. But the certain things don't change. We create playbooks. We understand our business models. We understand our vision. We communicate it very effective, effectively, efficiently, consistently, and we follow it. And if things don't work, we fail forward and we keep modifying it till we do find something that works. Wow. Um, you mentioned that people want to be inspired and motivated. So Mike, is there any brain story? So we inspire people very often with stories that we tell, right? So is there any brain story that was particularly exciting or rewarding for you yeah, over the last 30 years, maybe, that you want to share with us? Something that you say, wow, this is really worth telling because it uh, helps you to grow and it was really rewarding for you. Wow, that's a, that caught me off guard. So I feel like I'm rewarded a lot, you know, by watching people grow. And it's ironic. I think some of the biggest rewards I get here are when I've taught people so much that they're actually able to leave me, which is probably my biggest disappointment, but it's my biggest happiness when they can leave me and maybe start their own company. And I find them being successful. Um, that's probably the biggest reward. And I get that a lot from past employees that have left and they've said, I got to tell you, you know, everything I do in life, you've, I feel like you echo, I hear you. And, and you taught me this and I didn't realize it while I worked there, how much I learned, but I did this and here's what I made. And I, I've had I don't know how many, but a lot of past employees that have now been successful running large organizations, making um, very, very successful lives with for their, for their families, employing other people, and to know that a big part of their success came from coaching and motivating them and sharing, not being afraid to share things with them and share what makes me tick and how I think. It's ironic that I think I've lost good people and amazing people that I would love to keep, but at the same point, I can it's it's surpassed with like that proudness that I have and of accomplishing something, which is helping others, you, you know, because a lot of people have helped me. Yeah. So that's probably the, the biggest gratification. Wow. That leads me to my next question, because you said you, you taught people so much. Yeah. In that way, you are a thought leader. You are an influencer, a hero. They learned from you. 
So you are a personal brain, a strong personal brain. So what do you think makes you so strong as a person? When are you at your best? My mom was a big influence on me. Yeah. Uh, you know, from an early age, we were always taught and to do the right thing, you know, like, and I think it's a, it's just huge what misses in business. And I was saying like, just because you have the right to do it doesn't mean it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I, and I have to like coach people all the time on how loose the laws are relative to values. Like your values are something that can be a lot tighter and doing the right thing comes back. And there's very, there's a lot of good in life that comes from giving a lot. And I think it's miss it's, it's, it's amazing how many great things have come into my life. And I, I look at how did I meet this person? How did I get this connection? Why did this come my way? And it always comes from something that I was able to give. Um, and you can't document that, you know, that's not something that's science. It's, it's just life. And I encourage people like just give, um, be that person that gives. That's my brand. I know that I'm capable of showing people what's right, doing the right thing when I can. And I've found a, a thousandfold that it's come back with great people entering my life, great opportunity presented to me. Um, I surround myself with very positive people, people that share the same types of uh, values. I disassociate myself with people who don't share those same values. Um, I tend to attract clients that share those type of values. My agents, people will trust me. Um, I'm able to engage with people that that I trust. Um, I think that's a huge part of my brand, mm-hmm. of being just a good person, honest, integrity, preach that to your staff, um, duplicate it, uh, doing the right things for people. Yeah, that's beautiful. I see it exactly the same way. And when you give, it comes back so manifold. I mean, you give without any expectations. I think this is also really important that you're not expecting anything to get something in return. You just give because it makes you happy. And there is so much coming back uh, in, in different versions. You're not expecting it to be, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike. Vice versa, are you willing to share any experience uh, that was a major learning for you, maybe a setback, but that entailed so, such a great opportunity for you to grow going forward? Is there anything that you want to share with us? Yeah, I mean, I, I've tried different business models and I certainly wasn't successful at all of them. Um, I got into too large of an opportunity too soon without the capital to support me. And it was probably one of the most largest potential business opportunities I ever got involved in, which was actually dealing with video inside of hospital systems. The challenge was, it was just such a large market. Um, so what I learned from it is really like failure doesn't always come from things not working. You can actually fail from being too successful. Um, so planning, you know, it taught me to plan and anticipate, um, you know, I, I changed the way I ran the company. You know, we started looking at the executive level, looking a year and two and three down the road and the management level looking six months and supervisors looking one month. And, 
and it allowed me to look over that curvature because I think I was looking a month down the road and I needed to be looking a year down the road. And having that vision, I needed to have the flexibility in life to have that vision. So I, I, I upgraded my, my infrastructure. I changed the way my life ran. I started documenting what I actually did on a daily basis, whether I was doing the daily, the monthly, or the yearly activities, just to make sure I was spending the right amount of time. Um, you know, I, I assessed it and I wasn't, you know, but the biggest learning curve I learned is if you really want to have big dreams, you have to be able to look far. Wow, that is really impressive because I've never really thought about failing from becoming too successful. So that is a completely different angle to look at it and um, an experience that you just shared is really interesting. Yeah. So that made me really think. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mike, what are some future trends in your business? So what are you seeing? Uh, where are the, the changes in the future or already happening? What are big opportunities that you think brands will have in your industry? I think the business world is changing. Commercial business is going to change. It's, it's already started. COVID set something in, in process that was already going, which was flexible workspace, flexible work time, um, the ability to ch challenge the status quo, you know, working 40 hours a week, coming in at eight, you know, leaving at five. I think we're, we're approaching a model where the companies that'll be really successful are people who can think out of the box that can attract parts of the workforce that maybe didn't have an opportunity to work before or didn't, you weren't able to expose their capabilities. Like an example, like maybe a, a single mom or a stay-at-home mom who had a degree who could have done a lot, but mm -hmm. wasn't given the opportunity to work because they, she couldn't, he or she couldn't work 40 hours a week. Yeah. And now you can say, well, here's the, here's the key performance indicators we actually need to go accomplish with video and remote and, and applications being in the cloud. We're not really talking about people coming into an office environment in a blue collar you know, environment maybe, but in, in traditional workplace, you're, you're just looking for qualified people that understand the vision of the company that can take a portion of it and move it forward. And I think that's the new model. That's what's going to happen. So it's going to change the way we hire, to change the way we manage people, change the way we pay. I think a lot of things, you know, the What people earn based on an hourly wage maybe goes away in the future. I think it can be very much um, based on performance. And I think entrepreneurship, that gives a lot of motivation to the right people. Um, and it, it, it's going to, and it also change the way the landscape of who we hire and how much and who and how to hire people. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that already. It's creating a big challenge in the US workforce. Mm. Um, good people are going to find jobs a lot quicker because their chances of being hired through geographically dispersed organizations is growing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also for people, as you mentioned, working moms, yeah, now have the opportunity to uh, start their own business, reaching out to their to target audience, setting up their own online business, basically. Yeah. So there is a lot of opportunities that we have now that did, we didn't have before in the last years. And COVID was kind of a, a push factor that brought that change much quicker, right? Right. 
Yeah. yeah, it's fast-tracked things. Exactly, yeah. But I think the comfort, it instilled the comfort immediately. I think it, it like, ripped off the Band-Aid. Yeah. You know, for the organizations that didn't think they could do it, when once they had to, they were saying, well, maybe, you know, I have law offices that are growing, they're, but they're hiring their attorneys remotely. Their paralegals are working from home. Yeah. Um, we do the same thing. I mean, my work, my workforce can work on weekends or at night or during the day. And there's just a lot of flexibility, which makes life enjoyable. You know, I think people, there's no more that I have to take a day off because maybe my child has to go to the dentist, you know, at nine in the morning when the person could have been back at 10 or 11. Um, It was unproductive. So I think those are things we're seeing. We're changing the way we do things. We're going to, I think we'll just keep questioning everything. The, The newer generation we are just questioning everything mm. we're questioning how we pay what we pay with where people work how we work um i think it's just opening up your mind that there's no, nothing that's written there's nothing in stone anymore we can uh anybody can be an entrepreneur yes yeah yeah and it's also a question how you see it if you see it more as a blessing and if you see the the positive things and the opportunities out there uh, then that overrides any fear that you have because you want to be successful. You see an opportunity, you want to grab it. And it was also a blessing for me. So if, if there was no COVID, I wouldn't do what I, I'm doing right now. So I'm really, I mean, this, this is kind of a silver lining, I would say, of COVID that um, it opens up all these opportunities and a new mindset out there that is shaping this new world of opportunities. <laughs> Good. Mike, we are at the end of our show, but before we say goodbye, I would like to do a quick word wrap with you. Are you ready to give me quick and short answers? Quick and short. I'm ready. Yes, it's like a sentence or a word or anything very short. <laughs> okay. Okay, I start, yeah? Corporate culture. Define it, live by it, train on it. Oh, wow. Consistency. Yeah, so huge fan of consistency. And for myself, what I train on, um, duplication of process, um, push it through the organization. Okay. Trademarks. Important. You want to vision yourself being successful. And if so, you don't want to have to go back and unwind anything. So work backwards from assuming you will be successful. Okay, great. Vision. Create it. Live by it. And last but not least, brains. It's important and it's a culture. It's how you engage with your products, your people, your vendors. Beautiful. Mike, for listeners, uh, where do they find you if they want to get in touch with you? They can find us at comtechsystems.net. That's C-O-M-T-E-C systems.net. Uh, email me anytime. It's mbertoli at comtechsystems.net. Oh, wonderful. Mike, thank you so much for being my guest today on Brands Talk. It was a pleasure having you here talking about Comtech and your career that has been now over 30 years with that company and the way of how you're leading and the way of uh, how you're doing your business. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you. <laughs> And that was my conversation with Mike Vertoli.
If you like my show, head over to bridgetbrands.com and sign up for my newsletter to never miss an episode. I look forward to welcoming you in my community. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my Brands Talk podcast on your preferred app. Share it on social media and if you find a minute or two, leave a quick rating or review. Thank you so much. I hope you will stay tuned in on the next episode when we dive into the world of brands. Oh,